Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three new perspectives from varying skill range. I am the leader of this hunt, Andrew. With me, the monster we can never kill, Keith. Hello. And of course, the glitchy NPC, Liz. <laughs> hey, guys. And this week, we went over my pick, which was The Witcher. This actually also was uh, another kind of a fan suggested by Chris. And I was like, ah, this is kind of big of a game. But then I was like, you know what? We haven't done a big RPG game. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make you guys play The Witcher. This is done by CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red is currently developing a game called Cyberpunk 2077, which, of course, has Keanu Reeves in it. And that is kind of like why they're uh, super popular right now, because everyone loves Keanu Reeves. Ain't that the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that game is very different to what this game is. So The Witcher 3, as you probably couldn't tell, is the third of a series. And you are playing Geralt of Rivia. You are a witcher, which is a rare breed of humans that have gone through extensive training and mutations. And you are essentially a mercenary for hire that will go out and hunt monsters for citizens and basically try to right wrongs and just essentially make your living. Basically, essentially as a mercenary because you're not always hunting monsters. You're also hunting humans as well. So this game is a third person action RPG with just very heavy dialogue and heavy combat. And I should say beforehand, do not play this game unless you are 18 years old. There is some very heavy adult content in this game. So, if you are not of 18, I would not recommend this game because, yeah, there's some heavy adult themes in it. Are you recommending the game or not recommending a game? Because if I was under 18, I wouldn't listen to you Did you play but the first anywho. one when you were under 18? When did well, this come okay. out? When did it come out? When you under 18? No, no, I was, I was 18. Oh, the podcast man totally. said not to download this game. Well, hey, I'm just, you know, doing my due diligence <laughs> here, you know, saying forewarning that this is a very heavy M-rated game. 2020, kids are crazy these days. Crazy. Hey, okay, if you get permission from your parents or whatever, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not your parent. I don't care. I'm just saying. Forewarning. Don't be surprised if uh, there's some inappropriate things on your screen. Your parents walked into your room with it. So, yeah. Just forewarning. But going around since this was my pick. Tunnel we're going down. (laughs) This was definitely a game. I absolutely love this game. I played the second one. I never played the first one because I think the first one was only on PC. And I didn't have a good enough PC at the time. But I played through the second one. And the second one was pretty difficult. But I still loved it. And then when this one came out, it just improved upon everything. And I loved it. This is a must game for me. Wait, are you going to play the first one now? No. Because it's still on PC. And like, uh, to go from this game that is so well like so well defined, it, I feel like it wouldn't age well going back to the first one. Okay. So I don't care too much. Because I already know the story enough. Are you looking for me to go? Yeah. Oh. Um, you always go second, Zoe. Well, you know, I <laughs> sometimes like to give you an opportunity, Liz. It's 2020 and all. <laughs> so, for me, this is a game, even though I'm kind of hesitant about it. I thought it was really good. I just don't think I really loved it. I love how confident you are saying your words here. Yeah, game? I'm real confident about this. It's real I... good. <laughs> uh, We'll, we'll we'll talk about it. I'm gonna give this definite game, hundred percent. 
See, this is kind of funny to me. See, I had a feeling out of all of us, Keith, I had a feeling Keith was going to be the one to be on the fence about it. I was like, this may be too difficult for Liz. I was like, but if she can get it down, I had a feeling that you would love this game, Liz. It gives me the feeling that I had with Tomb Raider. But I will say, there is a clunkiness to this game that, I mean, I just found Ashen so difficult, like, movability-wise. This is nowhere near as hard for me, but I did find a tiny bit of clunkiness. So when I first started playing, I was like, oh no. (laughs) But that quickly went away. So I guess, of course, the first thing that we normally start with is the story. And I know at first, Liz, I know you were complaining a bit about this. So like I said, I played it the second one. So I at least had an idea of the continuation of the overall story. But I had a feeling like I remember still playing it. I felt like I didn't need to know too much of the story. So normally with a typical RPG, there's generally a ton of lore into the world and backstories and history and blah, blah, blah. I felt like it wasn't very necessary in this game. Like it, it would help, but to me... I didn't think it was necessary. So, quick synopsis of the story. You were playing... Girl I like that Rivia, you like threw your opinion in there, and Sorry. then you're like, no, wait, Liz, you because, have to wait. Well, because <laughs> I, I did just realize I never actually gave a full explanation of, of the actual story of the third one. So, in this one, you're you're searching for your daughter, Siri. She is also was like a witcher in training, and she's kind of disappeared. And there's a group of bad guys called the Wild Hunt that are searching for her. And so, you're basically trying to find her before they get to her. So, that is kind of the overall story of the third one. But... Anyway, Liz, I'll let you know talk. I just, I forgot I didn't do the full synopsis of the story of this one. How nice of you to allow her to speak. So, I completely disagree with you. I mean, the main story, what you're trying to do, you really don't need too much backstory. But when you start playing the game, you're asked questions that you only know if you play the last game. Because this is a type of game where the decisions you make kind of affect the future. So, for instance, like, you can kill somebody and then they're not going to be later in the game so i mean there's a lot of things that they're asking me questions like who is this like i don't know what's going on at all it's the same with yennefer she was insinuating that the witcher had cheated on her and he was like oh but i lost my memory i'm like who am i believing right now because she was like oh like that excuse or whatever and i'm like did he cheat did he really lose his memory i don't know what's going on and then later on you're you know, given the option to do the hippity dippity with somebody, and you're like, is he single? Should I be doing this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so, thinking so hard about this. <laughs> but no, what I'm getting at is that I didn't know really if I was like a good guy or like how I wanted to play the game. And also, I mean, they're talking about people that died in the previous game. I didn't know what was going on at first. I knew what I needed to do and like a little bit about the characters that I'd be interacting with. But overall, I was a little, I felt like I was missing out. It wasn't something that like was terrible, but I just like, I made me want to play Witcher 2. (laughs) Well, here's uh, my question, because Andrew, you played Witcher 2. Yeah. It gives you the option to simulate everything that happened in Witcher 2, basically. Is that how I understand it when I started the game? Yeah. Because that's what I did. I obviously hadn't played the game, so I just said, yeah, I'll, I'll simulate everything. And honestly, I don't think I could have cared less much about who was doing the quote-unquote hippity-dippity with whom and when. Oh, typical um, guy. No, I just wasn't <laughs> concerned. There was just so much story to this game. It was like 30 seconds of walking and then five minutes of video and dialogue. I don't know what you're talking about. Simulation? He's talking about the beginning with the questions oh. that you were talking about. Yeah, so I don't know. 
there's just so much story in this game. I got lost. I was asked to explain what was going on in this game, and I said, I know I'm looking for somebody, and I thought I thought it was the king's daughter or somebody's <laughs> daughter. I didn't know. He I says it multiple times that it's his daughter. Well, you yeah, have well, to find multiple I guess I kind of thought that we were two because I thought it was his daughter, but then I didn't know, and then I just didn't really care, and I just kept looking for her because that's what I was told to do. I wanted to learn more about the characters because there was a lot of depth to the characters, I thought. For instance, the Bloody Baron. I mean, you find out something that he did, and like you just think, wow, you're you're truly awful. And then you hear more of his story, and you're just like, I hate that I kind of feel bad for you. I just thought that there was a lot going on with the characters. And so, yeah, I just I wanted to know more. Which, speaking of the Bloody Baron... I got super frustrated at one point in this game. Andrew said that he never had any bugs with this game. And he saw me playing. He saw things happening. It's not just me. My character got hit by a rat and, like, jumped. The character jumped. And all of a sudden, I was stuck. And I couldn't move. Weird things like that. But there was a quest that I was doing with the Bloody Baron. And it said that I had abandoned the quest. And he was probably dead or just forever roaming the swamp. And it was definitely a game glitch because it wasn't a time-sensitive mission. And it gave me the option to say, like, oh, I'll be with you in, like, in a minute. I just have to prepare. And then literally a second later, I said I failed the quest. So for me, I was like, I knew something was going to happen with the Bloody Baron and I wanted to know. So thankfully, this game does have good save points. I was able to go back. But at that point, I had played because there's so many fun and interesting side quests that I had put in many, many, many hours. Because anybody who's played the game is probably thinking, that's like probably the beginning of the game. I'm like, no, I was playing for many hours. I was willing to start the game over. But luckily I figured out the save point thing. (laughs) But something interesting is that like, I thought I had done the right thing and I didn't get the ending that I wanted for the Bloody Baron that you got. (laughs) And I was like, what did I do wrong? And I, I looked it up and I did the right thing. But that's why I was kind of curious about that. I mean, it's, I don't know how I did it, because, so I originally played this game, like, months and months ago. You just did the expansions. Yes. So, that was kind of the reason, too, where I was like, oh, I could pick this game, because I actually bought this game a while ago, and I actually got the Game of the Year edition, but I beat the game, and I was like, I put too much time in this game right now, I need to take a break from it, and so I never done, I never did the expansions, so I was like, alright, I'll pick this game, and I can give some insight on the expansions, but I'll get to those later, but, uh. I don't know how, Liz, but you always can somehow get glitches. <laughs> I think this game is very well made and it's just incredibly polished. I don't think I've ever found a glitch with it. Yet you find them all the time. I got frustrated with this game. I gave it a lot of forgiveness. And there's something about this game that whenever things would go awry or something would irritate me because it wouldn't work the way that I wanted it to, I just like, I was like, do you know what? This game is too good. I can't be mad at it, you know? But one thing that frustrated me. Was if you hold down the button, it says that the horse will keep on the trail towards the quest. Not only did my horse never do that, but sometimes I would steer the horse a certain way, and he would go the complete opposite way and just get stuck on a tree. It wouldn't stay on the quest. It would stay on the trail. No, that's what I mean. The the dots? The dot, dot, dot? Well, it wouldn't always follow the dots, but he would always kind of go with the trail. And, like, you're still at least supposed to press left and right to pick the path. No, but what I'm saying is he's going in the complete opposite direction. Yeah, he would do that sometimes. I will agree. The the GPS was a little Even sometimes when I was manually pushing him over, he would just go the other way. And same with... There were sometimes when I was hanging Emily with a sword, and they weren't blocking it in any way, but nothing was happening. And it would have to back up. 
and then go back and, and do it again. It was really weird. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have any glitches because I'm not Liz and video <laughs> games don't hate me. But I definitely think the game is a little bit clunky. I think Liz used that term earlier, and I definitely agree. It's just the fighting style... I feel like it wants to be Dark Souls, but it's not. But maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. Did you find that fighting as Siri was better? Because I thought she was way easier to fight with. Well, yeah, but I also think that's partly because her fighting scene was mostly a cutscene. Maybe it changes throughout the game. No, you, you actually no, do some fighting. I mean, it's nothing like well, the yeah. enemies that you face when you're the main guy. But Right, but every now and then games like this, they'll put you in situations where you're playing it, but it's mostly a walkthrough. Yeah, just to be just to get you through some storyline without having to actually show you a story. Yeah, because she's always the same level in the cutscenes. Like you don't get any new equipment with her. Like, I just thought it was interesting that her dodging and just the way that she moved, the way that she swung the sword, it just felt a lot easier and more natural. Oh yeah, she was way better to play as. But yeah, all in all, I well actually let me ask this question because Andrew, I kind of assume you played on at least what the third difficulty so the four i think wait, there's four yeah all right so the highest is death march i was the one under it which is like bone breaker or something like that yeah that's the one i've been playing on okay and i don't know if i'm just doing myself a disservice and mate and honestly that might be part of my gripe of this game is that i've had i think i'm having such a hard time with it on that difficulty that I'm just having a hard time progressing, but I kind of don't want to give up either. It's very possible. I mean, you can change the difficulty mid-game. So if you are having difficulties, you can just lower it a little bit. This game, so I think you guys are describing it as clunky, and I disagree with that. It is very much just how the game is played. Because the game, it isn't meant for you to just kind of go in and hack and slash. This game is about preparation. You are supposed to learn about the monsters. You're supposed to learn what their weakness is. Like, their nests, you're supposed to learn what magic's good against them, what potions are good against them. Like, you always need to be under some sort of potion, have your oils on your blade, make sure your weapons are sharp. In order to properly kind of progress in this game, it is all about preparation. Luckily, with this one, it's easier. The second one was very difficult, because they had traps. And you very much had to set, like, proximity traps or, like, trip wires and try to lure people into them. And oils, like, only lasted, like, a minute. Same with, like, your potions. Like, it was just, you would literally do a fight, have to rest, create new potions, and then basically do another fight. But they luckily streamlined that in this game and made it a lot more accessible. But, yeah, you are supposed to prepare in this game. I mean, you say that, but I also feel like they don't really give you too much tutorial. At the beginning, they show you how to use the magic, and they definitely show you how to use the tree, because, I mean, they're... There's your inventory, crafting, alchemy, there's different things. I kind of knew how to use it, but when it came to like potions and, and stuff like that, I just, they didn't really give much explanation. And one thing that was frustrating was you had to go to certain people, like you had to go to the blacksmith to fix your sword, to buy a sword, to buy a diagram, to make a sword and stuff. So I, there's a lot of little things to remember and also things that weren't explained. So I felt like my, where my swords kept breaking all the time and then i realized oh it's a level one i've only been leveling up the other sword but for it so the little things like that that i should have known but when you're not used to playing games like this it's kind of hard 
I thought that the different sections were easy once I figured it out, but yeah, I just don't think it explained a lot. So for me, obviously, who plays a lot of video games, I thought the tutorial of it was good enough. Because they normally, whenever you do like a new thing, it gives you a quick box dialogue of, hey, this is the thing, this is what you're trying to do with it, this is how it works. But if you actually went to one of the tabs on the way left, there was a whole index of tutorials that gave you an in-depth of everything. So you, you would have to do a bit of reading and a little bit of digging. But I thought for the most part, I never really had to look into it too much unless I forgot, like, hey, how am I supposed to do this? Well, I also thought, too, that at the beginning, I had so many ingredients, but it didn't make anything. So the first time that I was going against the werewolf in a side quest, I died a couple times and I just didn't understand like how I could make the potions and stuff because like, I haven't come across any of the ingredients. So for me, I thought, like especially with the ingredients, I don't think the progression was that good for like the level that you were at. And embarrassingly enough, I, <laughs> I played on story mode and I still <laughs> died quite a bit. So there's that. I just like the difficulties called story mode. I know. You still fight and stuff. I know. But for me, I just, I didn't really know what I was doing. And once I knew what I was doing, and like you said, there were a lot of things popping up. And now that you say that, I was like so into the game. Sometimes I'd just be like, get off my screen. Because you get like five (laughs) things popping up. And I'm like, come on, I'm trying to do something here. Nice nice to know you admit. Yeah, I admit it. Okay, I take back what I said earlier. My fault. (laughs) I enjoyed the game so much, I don't even play it right <laughs> i mean i i also just didn't want to read things so i didn't read much either there's That's a lot to read really i didn't want to there's so much reading in this game and so much dialogue and so many cutscenes. there is but i mean it's an rpg like that is what an rpg is it's meant to be really in depth you are playing this character this character is supposed to be kind of like your morals and choices and stuff like that so yes there is going to be a lot of reading yes there is a lot of mechanics to this game so i understand you can maybe get a little lost in some of the things because yes there is just a lot in this game because i mean there's even a game in the game like they created a card game gwent which is very simple but actually pretty fun they actually ended up making a gwent card game like on its own that you can download actually i think they might have pulled production on it but yeah, they did create an actual like game you could download, an app game that you can download on your Xbox and play Gwent. Which, this is one of the few games that has a game inside the game that I actually enjoyed. Yeah. Usually they're rubbish. I actually really enjoyed it. It's strategic. It's fun. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was alright. I Again, <laughs> I didn't pay much attention to any of the tutorial behind it. And I went, eh, this seems alright. I'll worry about this later. So I didn't give it much of a, a chance, but it didn't it didn't appeal to me too much, at least my initial or my couple plays of it. It is available on iOS. Yeah, I think it's still there, but I just don't know if they're still like working on it as much anymore. But no, I, I liked Gwen a lot. Like as Liz said, there's the only other time I remember playing like an in game card game in a game that I actually enjoyed was uh on the original Xbox of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. They too had like a card game in it that was really simple that I actually really thought was fun. But yeah, I liked that there it, there wasn't too many rules to the game. It's just, it's very simple and it's quick. So it's like a nice, simple distraction. But yeah, like the different elements of this game, there is a lot to it, but I always thought everything was easily accessible. As Liz said, yeah, there are like a lot of recipes you got to get and kind of dig through them all and try to find them. 
but you can actually like pin a recipe. So whenever you go to a shopkeeper and they have an ingredient that you're missing, like it'll highlight it. I forgot so, about that. Yeah, so they made some mechanics to it that would kind of help you find the ingredients that are kind of hard to find. The looting is great. I yeah. love a game that has some good looting with some stuff that you actually want. And I also wanted to go back to something that you had said earlier about like the morality with the game, the choices that you make. There's a side quest where you have to duel like three people. Just like fist fighting, you're not actually killing anybody. But this guy is like begging you, like, let me win. Like, I have to feed my family and stuff. But... For the side quest, you have to beat him. And I felt so bad after. I'm like, what if I go back to him? Maybe I'll give him money. The game actually lets you give him money. But you actually have to, like, take the effort yourself to go back to him. And I was like, that's so cool. Because, I mean, this game is all about, like, are you going to do something for yourself? Or are you going to do something for somebody else? And whether or not you get paid. There's so many morality things with it. And I just thought that was so sweet. Yeah, but I also like to... There is a lot of, like, moral choices in this game. But there's no moral system like there's a lot of games that'll have like a good and evil system and oh if you're doing a lot of good things your character will look nice and you'll get like special abilities this game is nothing like that so you going back and like giving money to that guy you probably got zero reward but but, i felt better (laughs) but lost money so like you gained nothing but you lost money so that's what i liked about this game it felt like very well written the dialogue i really enjoyed and yeah like you said it was like there's stories there's Parts of this that would like tug at your heartstrings, and it's like. And there are parts where, like, no, you need justice. And there are some choices that I made that I was like, wow, Liz, savage. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, the villages were, were savage. They yeah. were awful to each other. So there were some times where I was just like, you just gotta kill a man, just kill him. <laughs> and other times Jeez. I spared people. So for me, it was like kind of interesting to see where my mind went. I honestly didn't pay much attention once I kind of realized that it didn't do much. I would just choose the ones that usually were just sure take money or just let's get to the point and finish this dialogue. If I could finish the dialogue, that was usually my goal. So you're just generally not a big RPG fan, are you, Keith? I am and I'm not. Because obviously I loved Operencia, which was very much an RPG. And I loved all of the dialogue in that. But this just felt like it was always around the corner. It was just another cutscene. And honestly, the graphics were fantastic to them. I can't complain about that. And dialogue was well done. The voice acting was great. I just felt like I was always watching something. Yeah, the graphics in this game are really impressive, especially since this game came out in 2015. I know, obviously, they've came out with like a 4K package when like the Xbox One was getting 4K and playstation is doing 4k so like they came up with some packages to improve the graphics but even that i think the graphics of this game are really impressive yeah i played it on both 1080p and on my 4k monitor and it was gorgeous either way it's just a really nice looking game well quick side note did you know this game is on switch have you seen the graphics of it on switch I've not. It's no, rough. I, I'm <laughs> it's sorry. It's pretty rough. This is not It's rough. That I don't think... Who thought, let's play this on Switch? That sounds like a nightmare to me. I mean... I don't feel bad. If you're if you're playing Switch with this game, and you're like, oh, the graphics are bad. It's like, what'd you think was going to happen? Well, the gameplay itself is so good. You can overlook the graphics. But if you're playing the actual handheld version of the Switch, I think this game would be so bad for it. Because you need a controller. Like, as oh, you guys absolutely. are saying, like, the movement is very important in this game. No, 
no, that's what I mean. I'm talking about like what you said, like the small screen and stuff. Oh, I can't imagine. But if you're playing on your TV with the pro control of the Switch. Yeah, that's different. It'd be a little more acceptable, but I would recommend it. Which we've said this before. Why would you buy the pro controller for this game? You wouldn't. But if you've got one, I'm sure, I suppose. It's just, I don't I don't see the point of the Pro Controller on a Switch in the, in the whole first place. I just don't want any games that require a controller. That's not why I'd buy a Switch. But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but this actually brings up another interesting point. This game is absolutely not a mobile game. Like, this is not something I would say, like, oh, I'm going to get my Switch and play it on the subway. Because both me and Liz have learned that this game is very difficult to play when you have a baby. Yes! Because <laughs> you'll be, like, mid-dialogue or... As Keith said, like a cinematic scene and your baby's crying. You're like, I want to know what happens in the story. Or you're trying to listen to the story. And it's just like, you're trying to fumble, like trying to take care of something. And so it's, this is Subtitles, not. man. Subtitles. No, we, we put them on too. But like, it's not like you can really pause. Or same with like certain fighting sequences. You can't pause. Andrew taught me that you if you press the jewel button, you can. But it's something that I didn't realize that you could do that because when I hit the the regular pause button, it says that you can't pause it. And I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) So So I think it's weird to be on the Switch because it's not like a game you can pick up and play like super quick. Yeah. Which to go back for a second with the graphics, one thing that bothered me is the horse tails I thought were awful. It's such like a stupid little thing to say, but like, I, I just, the way that they moved, the way that they looked, I was like, if there's one thing graphically that I could change with this game, it'd be the horse tails. I guess. I mean, hair in general is always hard to do in a game. Yeah, that's true. I thought the enemies all looked great. I thought they did a really good job. Oh my gosh, the crones in the bog. Yeah. Oh, oh, who imagined? There's some like dark stuff in this game. I was talking to Andrew when we were talking about how it's like rated R and... There's this scene where you find out that this man beat his pregnant wife and she miscarried and the dead baby comes back as a botchling and it is Which such is a morbid, an awful name. Yes, and it, it, it looks creepy and it's such a morbid thing yeah. in a game. Yeah, that whole that whole sequence from there on out was just it's very kind of dark uncomfortable. this game sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you guys didn't look too much into the bestiary, your book of, like, the monsters. I did every once in a while. Yeah, if you read the history of a lot of the monsters, like, it's very dark. And that's why I was kind of saying at the beginning, like, there's a lot of adult themes in this game. Yeah, I... But I kind of like that in this game. Like, it, it makes sense as to why these creatures are becoming evil and stuff like that. It's kind of nice when a game shocks you. Yeah. It wasn't a good shock. I didn't enjoy that shock, <laughs> but it's nice that you're surprised in the game. And I also wanted to bring up something that we've discussed with other games, and that's the fast travel. I liked it in this game because yeah. it did make you still go on horseback because there are some places that you can't fast travel to. And so obviously you can get ingredients and like randomly fight monsters and stuff. But I thought it was the perfect amount of quick accessibility and also adding in some fun travel i fully agree because this world is full of treasure like you're constantly if you're just like riding on the road you're constantly going to be like "Ooh, it's over here Ooh, it's over here Ooh, it's over here and you end up just like exploring and going on like various breadcrumb trails finding side quests yeah oh yeah because it's the world's full of side quests so i agree with you i normally love like fast travel system like i love to just be like whatever just get me to that place let's just do this thing I really liked exploring this world. That being said, I I know a lot of people a lot of people out there complain about it, and I agree too. I do not understand why the fast travel point is not in the middle of the town of Crow's Nest. Like I don't get why they put the fast travel point on the outside of it. You have to walk over this long bridge, 
go around the entire village just to go into the stinking castle where you spend 90% of your time in the town. And the guard says the same thing every time you go by him, too. Yes. It's like, why is the fast? Like, I'm surprised they just didn't patch that because so many people complain about it. Just put the stinking fast travel in the middle of the town. Which I think it's interesting, too. There is an area that there's question marks all over the map. And I was in a location kind of near where I was before where you I had, like, level 9 enemies. All of a sudden, I have, like... What seems to me like 20 ghouls. It was probably more like seven ghouls. They were 23s. And I just got bombarded and I had to run away. And it was right near where I was. But when you go off the beaten track, you never know what you're going to find. Fun fact. (laughs) Nothing else out of that, Keith? I don't know. There's lots to explore. I don't know. The fast travel is cool. Yeah. It made sense. I thought the map was really good, too. I thought it was very easy to navigate. I just I just loved everything about the travel. Yeah. The surprising thing about this game, to me, on how big it is, how much is in this, and how good the graphics are, I feel like this game runs incredibly smoothly. And the load times aren't that bad. You normally get one when you first load up the game, and you'll get, like, one when you fast travel. But I always thought the load times were actually pretty quick in this game. See, I kept accidentally fast traveling to the wrong place. Because I'd change my mind and be like, no, I want to do the side quest. And I'd like do fast travel like three times. And I'm like, oh, there's load screens. But I also like that when you start up the game, it recaps you of where you are at in the story. So the original load screen, especially if you go a day without playing or something, it's kind of fantastic. Yeah. Something else that's fantastic? The music. Nice segue. <laughs> I, I do love the music of this game as well. I love the battle music. Like... You have like the the chanting women, they're like that are like a uh, opera singing while you're fighting. I love the music in this game. I thought it changed just enough too that all of a sudden I'd be like listening to it and be like, oh, it's different now, and so it would tune me back into the music. Yeah, but like it was always like nice. It was well made, and it was like fast paced enough. But I never found it to be like jarring. Like I would never be like, oh, it's this song again. Oh, it's this again. I love the music in this game. I don't know. The music, yeah, I don't know. It was, This was one of those games for me that the music kind of was just there. I know it was epic, and it it wasn't bad at all. I just found it to be kind of similar, but different enough that it didn't annoy me. I will say I do think that the voice acting was even better than the music. I mean, we mentioned that a little bit earlier, but I just thought the voice acting was incredible. Oh, like, yeah. The Bloody Baron had the perfect voice. The Witcher had the perfect voice. I just liked it all. I know. Even too, like, you would think, like, oh, with all these side quests, you're probably going to get, like, some of these, you'll probably get some random characters that are probably, like, badly voice cast. But no. Like, I felt like every person you were going to see, I thought all the stories of the side quests were well written. The voice acting was really good in it. Some of the best stories are just the side quest missions. And I just, I love the writing in this game and the voice acting in it. That was one thing I definitely really liked about this game is it felt like there was just always so much to explore and that's why it's a game i want to play more of i think and and i do think it's a good game i just wasn't loving it as much as i was hoping i would i think the more i play it the more i love it at first i was like oh it's okay and then now i'm thoroughly enjoying it and it's kind of sad because obviously every week we have a new game and then we have stuff going on and like it's hard to do a game like this because i cannot imagine how many hours it would take for me to beat this game. I feel like I just scratched the surface. Oh, it took and me. My playtime is listed at like something like 10 days. You yeah. Have to, you have to, it's over like 80 hours to play this game to beat it. 
And you have to double that for me at least. And then all the side quests and all the fun stuff. I mean, I, I'm just going to get lost in this game and never finish it. I can already tell you. But I'm definitely going to play it again. <laughs> but uh, the thing I want to mention with this podcast, this is something I think would be kind of fun if we could do maybe in some other episodes. But I can actually give some insight on the expansions. So this game has two expansions. It has Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine. And both of them are really good. I would say Blood and Wine I'm enjoying a lot more. But Heart of Stone is good. Heart of Stone is a shorter one, right? It is. So the Heart of Stone one just takes place in the current world that you're in. You're playing kind of... um, The story revolves around you interacting with this kind of demon that can kind of manipulate time... He's essentially kind of like a jinn where he grants these wishes, but of course they're not like, they're not what you actually wish for. They always have a sinister twist to them. So you're essentially working with this other guy who's in a contract with the jinn, and you're learning the story as to why he made the contract. And it has a really nice, interesting story to it, but there wasn't really any like cool locales or anything like that. So it overall it was a fun story, but nothing too great. Blood and Wine, on the other hand, is awesome. I've been enjoying that one so much more. It's a lot bigger of an expansion. So if you're looking to just play more of The Witcher, I would say both of them are good. But if you just want one, Blood and Wine is the way to go. Because it has a whole new map area. The locale is kind of like a mixture between like France and Italy. It's a lot of vineyards. But it's very kind of posh, bougie. You know, everyone's like in nice suits and... It's all rich and proper, and you're, the whole premise of that story is you're kind of hunting this vampire that's going around and has been taking out these former knights. So, of course, I always feel like it's a typical thing with expansions, but you, of course, get a vineyard of your own that you can actually customize and upgrade and get some perks and benefits with it. But it also has a new feature where you actually mutate your character a little bit, and get, you get some new abilities, which is also a really fun gameplay mechanic to it. Yeah, so overall, if you really like The Witcher and you just want more of it, The both the expansions are fantastic. But if you're just looking for one, I'd go with uh, Blood and Wine. Yeah, I was watching you play them, and they look like a lot of fun. I did want to ask you, so you said you put in at least 80 hours to finish the game, probably more with like extra stuff. And is the ending worth it, do you think? Or is it just so many different stories that there really isn't an ending? Like, I'm just curious what to look forward to. I Yes. Are you I trying think, to spoil I think, something? No. I mean, I'm, like, I'm trying to be like... Vague? Yeah. Because I, mean, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, obviously, the ending will... The actual story of the ending will change a little bit on some of your choices. But overall, yes. Because you're meeting a lot of these interesting characters. And obviously, the choices you're making with them affects them. So at the end, there is a fantastic battle scene at the end. Which is really good. I, I don't want to get into too much detail with it. But like you team up with a bunch of people... So this is kind of the whole point of the story of these characters you're meeting and the things you're doing with them because they can help you in the last fight. And the story overall with, it, with the Wild Hunt gets a little convoluted and weird with some of the magic of it. But overall, I think it's really good. And I, I really like the ending. So I have, I have one more question for you. So with The Witcher, the TV show coming out, everyone's talking about the love interests. Do you end up with one of the ladies? Yeah, depending on your choices. Who did you end up with? And I'm assuming it was your favorite. I can't fully remember, but it was probably Triss, because I don't like Yennefer. I thought Yennefer, I thought she was rude. People are very torn online. She's also a redhead. Redheads are hot. 
like Triss. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like Triss because Triss to me always felt like a character that was more interested in concerned about your well-being. Yennefer, I always felt like she was just like snooty. She was she was too uh, uppity. I didn't like her. Is the sorceress is she an option or no? I well, they're all sorceresses. Yennefer is a sorceress. Oh, Triss okay. is one. I didn't play the second game, so I didn't know that. <laughs> I, know. I just thought that they were some fine ladies. But <laughs> the sorceress that I'm talking about is the one that you can have a sex scene with in this game. Which is also all of them. Oh. <laughs> but She's yeah, blonde. Her nipples yeah. are always out. Like, I don't... How do I describe her? I think her name was uh, Kira? Yes, it was Kira. That's her name. I believe so. Because you kind of didn't know if she... I mean, she was using you. But, like, you don't know if she's good or not from a noob's perspective, like, not knowing the game at all. That I don't fully remember. I can't remember if she's actually one of the options. I think for the most part it just... Triss and Yennefer. It just kind of yeah, boils down to Triss and Yennefer, but I think it's possible. You also get some other love interests in the expansions. Because oh. as I told you in the Heart of Stone one, you can have sex on a unicorn, which is the best selling point of that expansion. That's aggressive. <laughs> it is, but... It's. It was like the one thing I remember, like seeing when it first came out. Like people were like, "Man, this is in the expansion." I just want to know how awkward it is to create these. Like, is there more than one person working on them at times? There's just like a room full I'm of assuming, dudes, yes. like trying to figure out, like, "Oh, what is this gonna look like?" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I just feel like it would be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't know. At least the scenes are like semi tasteful, so it's like. Not too awkward. <laughs> the word I would use, but okay. <laughs> I said semi. So yeah, that, so that's why I think overall, like, the ending I think is worth it, because it is kind of nice to see how your choices played out in the end of the game. Because I was kind of like that in movies where it's like, oh, this character went off to do this. It's very much the same way in this. Where, oh, since you made this choice, this character was successful, or this character died. Sometimes I regret my choices. <laughs> like me. Whoa! <laughs> Your words. Self-burn. <laughs> <laughs> but also, too, if you also haven't uh, figured out from how we're describing how long this game is, this game is absolutely not for achievement hunters. But that being said, I still really enjoy the achievements in this game. Because this is a game that at least, like, has you do things to kind of get these achievements. A lot of them are story-driven, and they're just kind of rewards for going off and doing that particular side quest or progressing in the main story. But there are still a handful that are skill-based. Which, if you do story mode like me, they're a lot easier. So there was one that I had to kill a certain amount of enemies without yep. taking any damage. It was Butcher of Butcher of Something Town, which is also the name of an episode in the Witcher series on Netflix. Yeah, there were a couple like that. And there are some that are super easy. Like, I think there's one called Bookworm that you read 30 different things. Yeah, and... but you don't even have to read them. You just got to... You can just quickly flick through them exactly. and it gives you credit. So I didn't get a lot of achievements or I didn't get a lot of points, I don't think. But I saw them popping up and I was kind of happy with that. I got all one. You only got one achievement? How many did I get? Oh. What was yours? Was it tutorial? <laughs> Is that one of them? I, I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, you said no, you skipped it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Whoa, so I'm assuming this includes pauses, but I put in one day, five hours, and five minutes. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, Keith, you did a fantastic job with your uh, your one achievement. Mm-hmm. I did real good. It's a 
participation award. So good job. Hey, I found Yennefer, okay? <laughs> that was the achievement? Yeah. You just found her? I guess. I think she actually found me, is how I remember that scene going. She shows up in front of the pub that you walk out of, so you don't really find her. So it was a little bit harder to kind of find Mean Liz's because ours was under the Game of the Year edition and Keith just played the regular edition, so it was like separate. But Liz got eight achievements yeah. for 135 gamer score, and I ended with 41 achievements, 880 gamer score. Which still isn't that much because you can have 2,000 in this game. I only have, I don't even have half. Oh, there's two you got that I didn't get. Wait, I got two that you didn't? Yeah, they're secret achievements. I don't know what they are. But apparently they're pretty common. 50% unlocked and 29 unlocked. How did I not get them? You shouldn't try hard enough, I guess. Yeah, so overall this game isn't for achievement hunters, but overall I like the achievements of this game. So for me this is a fantastic game. So getting to our final thoughts here. If you couldn't tell, I love this game. I, it is a must game. If you love RPGs, this is a definite play. As you can kind of hear from my co-hosts, if you're not into RPGs, like you'll still probably enjoy this game. I mean, Keith kind of does. <laughs> I think you just have to put more time into it. Yeah, it's definitely not something that you can easily just like pick up and... Instantly fall in love with. Yeah. Give it some time. But I mean, I, I remember when I first got this game, one of my friends who, he doesn't play too many video games and he's not very uh, good at video games. He loved this game. And so he was actually the one that kind of was like, oh yeah, you should really play this. And it's like, yeah, I played this second one, so I'll try it. So this game, I think, is pretty accessible for you scalable. But that being said, I love the graphics of this game. The writing of this game is fantastic. I love the stories. I love the characters. I love the voice acting. Just everything about it. This is a fantastic package. And then the expansions of this game are a lot of fun. So for me, this is easily a 95. Wow. Yeah. I love this game. I think this game is really good. I think it's well built. The graphics are gorgeous for a game that's, what do we say, five years old, four years old, whatever it is. It's so much to it. And yeah, if you like the game, I think there's a lot to it. I'll probably try and go back at some point and play more of it, but for me, I don't know if I can give it more than a 77, at least personally. What? I, just, I think you rated I, Descenders I, higher than this. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't know. That's. It's, you need me to, will it make you feel better if I say a higher score? I just didn't no, care that no, much it's, for it. It's your opinion. I'm, it's I'm your sorry opinion. that I didn't like it as much as you. It's the point of this podcast. It's, it's completely your opinion. Yeah, geez, it's just your opinion. <laughs> Whatever. So, talking to you guys, it just reminds me of something my old science teacher used to tell me. And it's, when all else fails, read the instructions. I didn't do it then. I don't do it now. But I feel like if I did that, this game would have been so much easier. (laughs) Yawn. (laughs) Did you say yawn? Yes. Did you just insult her? Are you yawning because she's a woman and she's boring you? (laughs) No. This is I just didn't like her opinion. <laughs> oh, that's acceptable then. This is the type of game that I always just want to go back and start over because I learned so much. And I'm like, oh, if I'd known that at the beginning. And the fact that I still want to go back and play this game after putting in so many hours, I mean, that's that's a love right there. And there were some bits that I thought were a little, I know Angel doesn't like this word, clunky. I did have some glitches and I'm going to give it a 91. I want to give it higher, but I do think that, I don't know, there's some things I think could have been a tiny bit better. So, 
Yeah, 91. I, that's a good score, though. Like I said a little Irish there. Tiny bit better. Oh, jeez. But looking at Metacritic, looks like me and Andrew are closer. So for Xbox, 91 and 9.2. Some complaints, if you guys are interested. Someone said it's not a massive open world game. The camera was nausea-inducing. Constant fourth wall break via constant loading in between each and every dialogue section. I don't think they know what fourth wall breaking means. No. I googled it and I didn't know (laughs) what he meant by that. Who says this isn't an open world game? This game is huge. Fourth wall breaking is when the the characters acknowledge that they're in a game. Yeah. Or some sort of... Okay, I'm not going crazy. No, yeah. Of course it's not not a fourth wall breaking. There was also combat on the horse doesn't work. Last gen animations and clunky button mashing combat. Those are just some of the complaints. I kind of don't really agree with them. But, you know. I don't agree with them at all. Play the game and tell us what you think. And then PC and PS4 were even higher in scores. Switch, 85 and 8.4. But don't play it on the Switch. <laughs> Unless you have to. And then, you know. If it's your only option. Which, if it's your only option, why are you listening to this podcast? Live your life. <laughs> True. Yeah. So I'd say me and Andrew are closer and you should definitely play the game and ignore him. <laughs> and he's definitely wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast anyways, isn't it? Yeah, to, to show how wrong you are. And how bad I am at video games. <laughs> Something like that. And then Andrew's just here to boast. (laughs) Just over here. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, If you want to write us an email, you can reach us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. If you have any uh, other game recommendations, we would love to hear them. Uh, You can also message us on Facebook at gamepassgrabbag. We are also on Twitter at gpgbpod which Liz has been putting some great memes on there <laughs> for uh, upcoming games and everything that we're doing. And we'll have more polls on there, too, so yep. check that out. So uh, if you want to keep up to date on us, so uh, please follow us on uh, one of the things, like, comment, and subscribe. We also have an Xbox Live Club at GBGB Pals, and I believe that is it. And we also have a YouTube, but I'm working on that. And... I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I also have a mixer with the same name. So come on by and say hi when I'm streaming sometime. And I'm still and always Keith. And Xbox is a little fluffy. And Twitter's Keith Lynch121. And Liz, you can talk now. And I'm Liz Anoop, gamer tag coming on Dean. And I'm on Twitter at Liz Anoop, Noop is EW. And I also want to mention real quick, Keep an eye out on our Twitter, too, because Andrew is going to be streaming. Been a little quiet lately, but we've been really busy. But yeah, keep an eye on that. We'll put it on Facebook and Twitter when he's streaming. Yeah, so come on by and say hi. But that is it for us this week. Thank you all so much for listening. And we appreciate you and hope to see you again next week. Bye, guys.